Good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated Economist here. So I was just reading this article talking about how there is an ever-increasing amount of people who are living paycheck to paycheck, even those who are earning $100,000 a year or more. And um, I got to thinking about this, and, you know, it doesn't really matter how much you earn. See, I, I, I love this article because people think about it and it's just like, wow, $100,000 a year. Now, I understand that if you're living in San Francisco, that's not a lot of money. But if you're living in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest or something like that, earning $100,000 a year is quite a bit of money. And so it's really about perspective and where your cost of living is. And that's really what it comes down to is your cost of living. It doesn't matter how much you earn. It matters how much you can save. And now I think about somebody who's earning $100,000 a year, he may be single, living in an apartment, driving a car, living their life thinking, man, it's really tough out there to try and pay for an apartment and have a car and, you know, make your bills and buy groceries and do all the other stuff. Like, you know, if you're an individual person doing that. Then I think about my friend who has three kids living on her own as a single parent trying to work and, and raise these kids and thinking about how tough it is there when your car breaks down and you don't have any money to fix it or you run out of groceries and you have to wait till you get paid or hit the food bank or something. You know, living without because you simply don't have the means. Most people who earn $100,000 a year don't understand that. Like, if they need a gallon of milk, they go get a gallon of milk. But if you have ever lived where you can't get the gallon of milk, you have no way of getting it. You have scrounged up every penny that you have. There is none. You count the 50 cents that you have in your pocket as part of your wealth. That's the, that's the position that many Americans are in. You earn $100,000 a year, it's a little uncomfortable. But if you're earning... 35000 or $40,000 a year and you have a couple of kids and you live in an expensive area and how you get out, how do you leave, how do you find the means of, of making it? It's a struggle every single day for you. I know, I lived that life most, I mean, most of my life that's the way I was. You know, I mean, a lot of it was my own problems. A lot of it was doing, you know, drowning it in alcohol. You know, what's funny about that is you think, man, once I get out of alcohol, my whole life is going to be better. I'll be able to save all this money and I'll be able to have this really wonderful life again. Okay? And so you give it up and then you realize, man, my problems are far worse than I ever imagined. I was just covering it all up with alcohol. And so you start dealing with your life in the way that you feel that you should. You realize you don't earn enough money. No matter how much money you earn, it's never enough. Ever. Like, I don't care if you earn $100,000 a year, $50,000 a year, $135,000. It's never enough money, ever. You always want better cars, better vacations, better houses, better stuff, better car, better clothing. Everything has always got to be better and more. You know, hardly anybody can take the position that is, I'm going to earn this money and I'm going to continue to live the frugal life that I can it's very difficult to make that conscious effort. And most people just can't do it. It's not within human nature. You have to fight against your, your, your human nature to want better and bigger. 
and you have to say, no, I'm going to fight that urge, that feeling of driving the new car or just frivolously spending money on stuff. You know, the idea that there's separation between the rich and the poor, I mean, think about it. The rich, the separation, but the inequality that is happening is growing. It doesn't shrink. I don't care who you have for an administration. I don't care what economic, it doesn't matter what political position you take or, you know, educations or any of that stuff. None of it really matters out there. This is a cyclical thing. The growing space between the rich and the poor is ever going to increase. And this is really where I think a lot of people are just missing the mark on it. If you, they have a feeling that if you vote for the right person or if you, I don't know, just educate the people correctly or something like this will reverse. Like, has there ever been a time in life where the inequality shrank for any distance of time without a total utter collapse? It doesn't happen that way. And, it, and, it's, and it's going to continue to grow. It's a matter of understanding the system and understanding that moving into luxuries is the reason why everything collapses. It's the hardest thing to try and wrap your head around, but you can see it happening right now. I mean, think about it. We just got a huge stimulus package to every all the inhabitants within within the United States. You got a stimulus check. You didn't have to pay rent. You just you, you had everything going for you. And now here it is, not even a year or two later after the stimulus was all handed out and the living to paycheck to paycheck is growing ever, ever increasing more. And everybody might want to say it's all because of inflation or whatever. No, it's, it's not. It's because people move their standard of living up. Think about how many cars got sold. Think about how many overpaid items that people bought because they didn't think they were going to be able to get it. Like they overspent, overconsumed. You know, because they thought the shortages were going to last forever. And this is the situation that we're now in. Nobody has any money. They're wondering what it is they're supposed to do. How this recession's kicking in and it's, you know, and it's so devastating, the price of everything moving up. And I'm thinking to myself, did you prepare? Did you prepare your life for it? Did you prepare your life for it for by keeping your standard of living as low as you possibly could so that you could absorb a hit if you lost an income? Do you have emergency funds? Did you, did you position yourself in that way? No. Right. So now they're sitting in a stuck position wondering, Oh gosh, what happened? I mean, it's not my fault that I'm in this position, right? I mean, no responsibility for yourself. Is that what, is that what this country has come to? You know, I think about it. I work a day job, I try to do YouTube, I try and do side gigs, and everything that I do, I do not try and increase my standard of living, but increase my savings, you know? I mean, I don't drive a new car, I could, I want to, but I hold back on buying the new car because I don't feel that right now is an appropriate time to be buying new cars. I think right now is an appropriate time to be hunkering down to try and get your living expenses as down as low as possible so you don't end up like one of these people who earns $100,000 a year living paycheck to paycheck. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, this is 
This is the Cantillon effect in full swing. When you have a separation of the rich and the poor as dramatic as is taking place right now, I mean, there's no reversing this. Think about it. It's going to get worse. And people are like, well, I'm waiting for my opportunity to buy a house. How can you? The rich are the ones who buy houses and they're leaving us. They're leaving us behind. The inhabitants are being left with nothing. You can tell because the people who earn more money can't make it. They're living paycheck to paycheck. How is it they're supposed to buy a house? How is it that you're supposed to buy a house unless you're earning at least $100,000 a year or more? Yeah. Think about it. The average person out there doesn't even remotely come close to that. Yeah. Uneducated economist. You guys let me know.